FM Breakfast Show with the Double L Team, Lyle and Lawson. Welcome, everybody. So glad to have you joining us this morning on 87.6, or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. Special shout out to those who are listening on 88 in Heladon in Queensland or in Penguin in Tasmania, and, or in Kingaroy in Queensland on 87.6. In, did you say Penguin? Penguin, yes. That's a place? Of course it's a place. In Tasmania? Yes. Why does Tasmania, like, get... Have all of the epic names? I, I know, I know I was making fun of them yesterday, but, like, dude, penguin. I would love to live in Penguin. So it's, it's, a, it's a cool place on the, the real. Coast. The real question is... Yes. Are there penguins there? Yes. Well, that's just... Hence like, the name. Yeah, yeah. So they went there. There was penguins. They said, what will we call this place? There's penguins. We'll call it penguin. But it could be like an Iceland Greenland thing. Like, but no, there's just actually penguins there. There's and ice like, in Iceland and there's green in Greenland. There's no green in Greenland. There is a little bit there, around the edges. <laughs> no, there's not. But okay, that's awesome. Yeah, little penguins all along oh, the coast. Oh, that's cute. I love penguins. Penguins are my favorite animal. The top of the top. Like, there is no other animal that I like more than penguins. There you go. So you need to move to Penguin Tasmania then. Yeah. Or actually, actually there's just... probably other places in Tasmania where it's more easily, penguins are more easily accessible, you uh-huh. know, around Bishno and so forth. Uh-huh. But. You can also stay on the mainland as well, but then you'd be in Victoria. Yikes. Nah, yeah, I'm just nah, kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. We love Victorians, <laughs> but we, we don't do. like Victoria. <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. It's time for our quiz, Lawson. Which one of the 12 apostles did Satan enter? Ooh, heavy. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you will go into the draw to win our prize that we're drawing at the end of the week. But we've got like a couple of prizes here. So firstly, we've got the Great Prophetic Books of Daniel and Revelation. This is a Bible study journal where you've got the verses up the top and then you've got a bunch of lines down the bottom where you can take notes, you can write about what you're observing in Daniel and Revelation, probably two of the most incredible, amazing, and impactful prophetic books in the Bible. As well as that, you'll also get a commentary uh, called Understanding Daniel and Revelation by Mark Finley. Now, you can either get, we have the book version, or you can get the audio version. So you can listen along and take notes, or you can read along and take notes. And essentially, we want to enable you guys to become your own theologians, to be able to understand the Bible on a really amazing level. And that's what we're all called to do. We're all called to read and to understand the Bible. In fact, the Bible says about itself, about the book of Revelation, blessed is he who hear these words. Like, that's the only book in the Bible in which you get a blessing in reading and studying. Do you want to be blessed? 0491-064-669. Which one of the 12 apostles did Satan enter? Oh, there you go. That sounds like quite a spicy little story we've got right there to deal with, but let's get into (laughs) some positively different stories this morning. Some positively different stories. Well, firstly, so we have talked a few times about a person named Boyan Slat. Do you know who that is? No. No. Okay. Well, we talked about his work. You talked about him while I was away? No, 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 no. We talked about him a long time ago. Oh, okay. But we talked more about his work and his endeavor to clean up the great 
ocean garbage yes, patch. Yes, I know who this guy is. Yes, so he is like this... The Great Pacific Garbage Patch uh, is this huge, literally... How much is it? A 100 million kilo big patch off of, you know, in the Great Pacific. Uh, in the Well, in the Pacific Ocean that just floats around and pollutes and kills animals. And it's probably... Yeah, one of the biggest ecological disasters that exists on our Earth. On our planet. Now, Boy and Slat is this kind of boy genius who has come up with all kinds of neat inventions, but he turned his sight to cleaning up the, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch and created a vessel to be able to do so. It had like a net and it would go around collecting trash and then bringing that trash back in. And that vessel was named System 002 or Jenny which is a very apt and fitting name for those who know the movie yeah. Forrest Gump. It's like, yep, cool. <laughs> Anyways, so since August 2021, Jenny, mm-hmm. by herself, has cleaned up one... So was it? Jenny by herself. Yeah. It's, so it's a like, boat. It's a sheep. She's like fully automated. Well, not by herself, but she's the only oh, one the doing Jenny it. with her crew. Jenny with her crew. That's yes. right. She has cleaned up 100,000 kilos or 100 tons of plastic. Okay. So that's a start. That's a start. They have chopped down about one one thousandth of the problem. Of, of I was going to say, it's good. There's a drop in the ocean, but the, the, yeah. literally, a, <laughs> literally in the ocean. Uh-huh. But hey, think about this. Jenny's the only boat doing. It. Yes, this is one boat. This is one vessel in one year has cl- is, has done. So we need a thousand tons. So now they have rolled out and commissioned System Zero Zero Three. What happened to 002? 002, that's Jenny. Oh, that's Jenny. What happened to 001? 001 was the prototype. Okay, all right, all right. Jenny, Jenny's been doing its thing. Mm -hmm. System 003 apparently has the capability to rake in 10 times the amount of System Ah, 002. So that means, okay, so right now it's like, we we need a thousand of Jen, a thousand Jennies. Now we only need a hundred. Now we only need a hundred. What's what's 003 going to be called? Uh, I please don't call it zero zero three. Yeah, they need they need something better. They need a cool name. They do. They should. We should write in. We should. We should sponsor the name of this boat. Call it Faith of <laughs> Call it the Lyle Southwell. Well, last we time there was the... one of those kinds of uh, call-ins. I think something got called Bodie McBoatface. Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> That's right. I don't think we have the funds to necessarily <laughs> to sponsor the uh, the, the yeah, clean-up. I mean, come up it. with a cool name for this for this ship, but they they do. System System Zero Zero Three is just like I think a, a pretty epic name. But it would be cool if they came up with something that was like... Nah, she needs to have a decent name. Yeah, it needs to be a, a, like a, a name name. Yeah. You know. But these boats are just cool. Like, we've talked about them. This system is, like, really awesome the way that they catch garbage. And then as well, like, you know, you've got the boats that are attached to it. And, you know, they're, like, solar-powered and electric. And it's just, like, a really kind of environmentally conscious effort to, f- to clean up a part of our environment which is so tangibly damaged and... and is a problem that can be tackled. You know, we've yep. talked on Faith of M, we've talked with John Ashton before about, you know, the various ways that the world sees the different climate problems and what we can do about it. And, you know, do we need to subscribe to climate alarmism? Yes, we know that climate change exists. And yes, we know that it's man-made because the Bible says so. That's but right. it's like, is there something as stewards of this earth that we can do about it? Well, hey, cleaning up all the garbage that we threw in the ocean is definitely something that we can do. It's sitting right there. It's not going anywhere. It's floating around in the ocean. And they're going to get stuck. And this is something we can unite on because there can be no person in the world who says that this is not a moral good. Mm. You know, 
Oh, so Everybody true. can unite on this. Yeah, I there was, was no negatives here. I was watching a document. It was like a podcast slash documentary yesterday about the life of a guy named Jonathan Kim, who is a Korean American who was a Navy SEAL, a doctor, and an astronaut, and works for NASA now. It's like the most amazing story. And he's talking about the collaboration that happens in the space program. You know, you've got like the Chinese, the Americans, and the Russians, like all working together. In, yes, in space, like yes. helping helping each other and hanging out on the space station together and all that kind of thing. And then, like down here on Earth, like you it's know, like go to war. They, they're going to war, and it's like it's like okay, you know, we're putting in so much effort and collaboration to get to space. How about we put in some effort and collaboration to fix our own space? Yes, like to fix the ocean where the fish full live. Full of plastic. <laughs> it's full of plastic. You know, within within certain like national borders, uh, we could talk about how recently you know India banned single use plastics, and you could say, oh, well, that's an Indian problem. And if they want to solve an Indian problem, well, then they're going to have to do it the Indian way. And if they want to enlist help from other countries, well, then it's going to cost money or time or whatever it may be. But the ocean is the ocean. It's like it's we all share it. Let's get in and and make it good. So this is this is a fantastic story, and I'm I'm keen to see once they get System Zero Zero Three out there, and after they you know name it, of course, that's what they need to do, and it's able to collect ten times the amount of plastic. Whether they'll then produce one hundred System Zero Threes, or whether they'll then come up with System Zero Four, which will be able to collect even more plastic. We'll we'll see how it goes, and we'll see if you know they get the the garbage patch cleaned up before Jesus comes back. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely the that question. Would be, that would be a good thing to aim for. <laughs> hey, I have another story here um, that has basically undone any any need for for university. It's just like cool. A- apparently, cool. Apparently, so, so this means that you won't need to go to university then. Yeah, well, not really. This is in regards to learning languages. I read this story that essentially said that doing Duolingo. And doing five units of Duolingo, which, like, one unit probably takes, I would say, less than a month. Okay. Doing, like, so if, you're, if you've got, like, a consistent effort, uh-huh. doing five units of Duolingo. So Duolingo is learning another language. Another language, yeah, like, language. on a free app. And it's not just Duolingo. You know, you've got plenty of other, you know, whether it's Rosetta Stone or whatever, plenty of other resources that you can get to, like, free resources online. Doing five units around, like, you know, less than five months on the app is equivalent to four semesters of study of that language at university. You have got to be joking. I am like so like touchy about this article though. Yeah. Cause I'm like, what's this? is this sponsored by Duolingo? Like what's the deal? Now I know for myself, I have, I do Duolingo. I'm, I do Spanish on Duolingo yes. and oh man, I, two weeks ago, we had a baptism at our church for a guy named Jose. He is Hispanic. And as a result, a bunch of Hispanic people that he knew in Australia came. Now, he's from the States, but he met a bunch of Hispanic people in Australia and they came along. And I, like, got to have a conversation with them. And it was the most exhilarating thing I've ever experienced. Like, just just, (laughs) just talking to people in another language and being able to, like, understand what they've said to you. Like, uh, we were talking, it's like, oh, they said to me in Spanish, like, where did you learn Spanish? And I'm like, I learned it in Spain. I lived there for two years. And then they're like, wow, you you have such a beautiful church. And I was like, muchas gracias. Like, I could actually speak to them. It was awesome. So you should go and hang out at the local Spanish church here in Newcastle sometimes. I should, but I'm paid to go to a different church. So that's like... (laughs) You're paid to go to church. There you go. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm not paid to go to church, but I am paid to do work for a church that is in the local area. Um, I would love to go because that's the thing. Learning another language is so, so, so amazing. And apparently you can do so at a level that's free and better than going to university. So check that out.
You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Time for the second question for our quiz this morning. All right. Jesus said he would drink from the fruit of the vine when what finally comes? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, again, you will go into the draw on Friday to win. Firstly, this book that we have called The Great Prophetic Books of Daniel and Revelation. It's essentially Daniel and Revelation, but like a study journal edition that you can write notes in. And then we have... Understanding Daniel and Revelation by Mark Finley, either the audio version or the book version, whichever one of those that you want, you can win if you get the, your answers in. So 0491-064-669. I'll say that number again nice and slow. 0491-064-669. Jesus said he would drink from the fruit of the vine when what finally comes? Okay, so talking about uh, more serious news this morning, we do have a couple of heavy stories. One mm. about the Tavistock Gender Clinic and the second one about assisted suicide. So you got kids in the car, just uh, keep that in mind. Mm. The assisted suicide legislation that has passed in Australia in recent years has been touted as being, you know, some of the toughest laws in the world with the, with the strongest safeguards possible. One of the things that we have repeated here on Faith FM Breakfast Show is that if we look around the world, pretty much every assisted suicide bill from any country that has ever passed it has started out exactly the same way as Australia, but has then found itself standing on a slippery slope where mm. within a very short space of time, those laws have been drastically watered down to the point where you have people being given access to assisted suicide in some countries simply because they're suffering from depression. Mm. It's like, I feel bad. I've been feeling bad for a lot of years, so I want to die. And it's like, well, you can come to the doctor and we can help you with that. I mean, this is a really, really, really bad thing. So, you know, once again, lifeline number 131114. Mm. Uh, if you are having negative thoughts, give them a call. They will be able to help you out. So a Melbourne GP is taking legal action against the Federal Attorney General in an effort to weaken the assisted suicide laws that we have here in Australia. And so this is Dying with Dignity Victoria board member Nick Carr. Not surprising that it's coming out of Victoria. <laughs> Whoa. Um, but basically the, the, the purpose behind this is that Currently, it's illegal for a person to discuss uh, suicide through a carriage surface. So that's phones, text messages, emails, telehealth services. And so mm. basically what the law has said, look, this is a pretty heavy subject. In fact, I think we could recognise that there is no heavier subject yeah. that a person can ever discuss with a medical professional than mm. dying. Mm. I would go as far as saying there is no heavier subject that a person can discuss. Mm. And so the law says this is a heavy subject. You're not going to have this conversation over the phone. If you're going to have this conversation, you need to sit down with the patient face-to-face. -face. Yeah, and they need to and be assessed. And they need to be assessed, and there needs to be a process, and it you know, needs to take place over you know, X amount period of time, and various medical professionals need to be involved and so forth. And so these are some of the... Uh, some of the checks and balances that have been put in place in relationship to this bill. And so now he's actually suing because he's saying, look, this is disadvantaging people. There are many people for whom it is challenging to have a face-to-face -face conversation. We need to get rid of this so that we can basically do assisted suicide by email. 
Yeah, so he can just kill them on a whim. Yeah, it's 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 pretty rough. Mm. The, the former Attorney General, uh, Michaela Cash, just gave a flat no mm. uh, to, to making any changes here. And so, hence the uh, legal action that is being taken right now. Uh, at the moment, uh, breaking the communication laws can result in fines of $222,000 for individuals or $1.1 million for a business. Uh, this particular Dr. Carr was one of the first GPs in Victoria to provide uh, voluntary assisted dying and to be trained in it. Uh, and he said that he would argue that die, that assisted dying was not suicide. And I'm not quite sure how you argue that, but um, that's the argument that he's going to try and make. Okay, so moving on from there, we're going to talk about the Tavistock Clinic. Of course, the Tavistock Clinic, uh, the UK's premier psychiatric clinic for the last 102 years, has been shut down, slammed shut. Wow, really? Oh, yes, absolutely, uh, by the UK National Health Service. Uh-huh. And this was as a result of an investigation that found that they were using experimental, non-reversible, damaging treatments for gender dysphoric children, such as puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and belt-body-altering surgery. Which is... Yikes. Isn't that kind of standard practice for gender dysphoria these days? Mm. The, res- the result of this is, the issue here is that all available science and research indicated harm to children with no positive results. Mm. And so people who were, people who took, this case, took up this case were pointing out that what they were practicing was unscientific unhelpful and therefore against the Hippocratic Oath to begin with, there was no positives that were coming out of this from available scientific research. Mm. Because it's created furor because it is going against uh, available ideology and Mm. philosophy. Uh, So they pointed out that what was happening here was purely experimental. Mm. And uh, not only was it experimental because... They didn't have enough long-term data to say you're going to get a positive result from this. Mm. They didn't have any long-term data to say you're going to get a positive result. They were just doing it in the hope that they would get a positive result. So not only is it is it purely experimental, but it has continued without success. Wow. And what's really bizarre about that is that when we provide new treatments, we expect that they're going through a very, very rigorous process before they're rolled out. Yeah, totally. You know, this is one of the big question marks that came up around, you know, the COVID vaccine. It's like, well, we developed this vaccine in 12 months. We've never done that before. It usually takes 10 years and we usually experiment on rats and and mm. monkeys and goodness knows whatever else before we roll it out to humans. Well, this is one where they're just experimenting on humans, human children. Especially in regards to mental health as well, because it yes. is really, you really need to put the work in to see the long-term effects because it's n- things are not immediately apparent. No. And, like, obviously, you it's need, like that. You need a minimum of 50 years of research. Like, obviously, it's like that with the, you know, any, like, if you had, I don't know, pancreatic cancer and some kind of treatment for that, you'd need to see long-term results as well. But... Yes, when we're talking, absolutely, when and that's what we do. That's 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 how the world works. But when we talk about the body, it's one thing, but the brain—it's uh-huh. like just an even another level of like changing someone's personage if you get it wrong. And it's the least understood organ of the body. Mm. Uh, Sweden 
uh, has restricted the use of puberty blockers last year uh, with a leading paediatric saying that they chemically castrate children, causing problems with mental health. Uh, France has also adopted the Swedish approach with the top medical academy blaming social media for fueling the demand for puberty, puberty blockers amongst uh, teenagers and particularly girls. And so you've got this situation where gender dysphoric children um, get this combination of hormone blockers and cross-sex hormones with irreversible consequences. And this is what was happening at Tavistock and mm. is happening in a lot of other places. Uh, so these consequences include brittle bones, faulty joints, osteoporosis, depression, anxiety, sterility. It's already becoming one of the West's, the secular West's, worst medical scandals. Wow already heading there and yet we are being driven headlong down this path uh, the affirmation model f- of care for gender dysphoric children has been soundly discredited by all Australian research and medical experts such as the Australian National Association of Practicing Psychiatrists and it is currently being proposed as mandatory treatment in Tasmania Yikes. You know, there's lots of things that a kid will come and tell you. Mm. They will tell you that they are a pirate. They will tell you that you, they are Batman. They will tell you that they are a fish. <laughs> yeah. And we don't affirm them in any of these things. It's like we don't throw them in the river just because they said they were a fish. I don't know. If my kid said he was a pirate, I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's go rob people. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you've got to cut off one leg and put out an eye first. <laughs> Uh, so why is it when they we, we don't agree with these things we say you are a child you are having mm. fun whatever mm. you'll get over it mm-hmm. but when it comes to this it's like no we need to actually change the, their life for the rest of their life in a very very negative way this is this is a terrible scandal there'll be mm. so much more to happen you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different Back to get into our interview of the day. Before we do, we have a question for our quiz. Which two apostles did Jesus send to prepare the Passover feast? If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text, and you will go into the draw to win Daniel and the Revelation, the study journal, as well as Understanding Daniel and Revelation by Mark Finley. You'll be able to become your own theologian and understand one of the most incredible, some of the most incredible books in the Bible. But again, that number is 0491-064-669, and that question was, which two apostles did Jesus send to prepare? the Passover feast. Okay. Uh, if you know the answer, you know the number to call or text. But joining us on the phone right now is Jennifer Skews to talk about emotional health. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Jennifer, what are we discussing today? Well, last week we talked about um, bit about brain balance but also about emotions and dealing with emotions, which is really the problem everyone has. Because if our emotions take over, then we can be angry, hurt, depressed, and we're running on our emotional um, reasoning. Everything um, we focus on is thought about in emotions, which really aren't true. They bring us down. Um, So it's about getting that balance back where you can have the balance of the thinking brain being rational and logical and being able to deal with those emotions and recognize, are they appropriate or Am I out of control? Am I on that roller coaster? 
So we talked about it, but it's such a big topic. And I sort of talked about a formula that we look at using reason and conscience to rule our passion, our appetite, emotions. So it's a matter of working with that brain balance. And that's hard. And how do you know you're out of control emotionally? So maybe you can think about that one. So how do you know when you're on that emotional roller coaster? Because it can seem like it's true. It just felt so good. It felt right. Um, and people action it, and it's not true. They have problems. So, what yeah. do you what do you think? Well, I'm just I'm just sort of thinking that the the, the uh, I, I like the model that you've got there, where it's it's is almost a model of uh, higher powers and lower powers, and which parts of Absolutely. the mind are in, going to be in control, and being yes. able to then identify the difference between the two, and say, okay, this yes. is being run by the lower powers or the higher powers, and yes. it's not then that the lower powers are wrong; it's just that they are subjects. You've, you've just got, got a. Uh, uh, um, uh, 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 I'm losing the word that I'm looking for here, but no, an order of preference, so to direction. speak, where you know you start yeah. from here, and yeah. everything that is below that is controlled by you know the, yes. the, the top level, that higher power, which is the reasoning mind. Come reason with me. It talks about biblically. And working with the conscience, which allows us to keep in touch with God, where the Holy Spirit works. And we mentioned it was a physical part of the brain, just behind the forehead, um, that they can actually measure now. So we need to have that balance because if we don't allow that conscience to work, and that's that little part of you that goes, I don't think that's quite right. And you know, and people say, oh, I should have listened to that. I had that feeling that was telling me and I didn't. So sometimes it can be a feeling, but it can be a thought. Because if not, your emotions will rule. And if it's, it's like we, we're taught in this life, if real good, do it. You know, feelings are, yeah, feelings are fickle. And we've got to recognize what might, what are my feelings are fickle? It might feel good, but is it going to be good for me? So we've got to start questioning it. Um, and step back. And that's hard. I get caught in it too. You know, sure, it's, sure. it's a battle. It's a battle of the mind. It's, um, what are we doing? So, in looking at that particular formula, I abbreviated it down to reason over passion or passion over reason. And I find people that I teach this to find it really meaningful and that gives them a guide. It's like, hang on, am I in control emotionally or am I out of control? And then you can look at well, when are the times I've been out of control emotionally and what, you know, what has happened to give you a guideline. But I've also put together two lists, and this is what uh, as a handout I give to people, and um, so I thought I'll just look at some of the points on that list to ask yourself, and you can do it as a questioning. Um, so when you're in your reason over passion, so when you have control, you've got that left-right brain balance, um, your thoughts can be rational or logical. You know, is your thinking out of control or in control? If not, if you switch, you become very irrational and illogical. And sometimes we can justify oh, it was okay to do that, they deserved it or whatever, but we're still on the wrong side. So it's a, it can be a very subtle thing. Mm -hmm. One of the questions I have is, can you control your thoughts? You know, are your thoughts controlling you or are you controlling your thoughts? Because when we're emotional, our thoughts run 100 miles an hour and we can't pull them up. I don't know if you found that, but you're just thinking, thinking, and you might be hurt, angry or whatever, and it seems real, but it's not real. So it's, 
can I get control back over my thoughts and um, look at it from, be the observer. This is where we look at what's called mindfulness, being more mindful. So this is where you might, might take a step back, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, let's say yeah. that you're in a you're in an argument with somebody, yeah. and this does yeah. happen from time to time. The emotion kicks yeah. in. Yeah. You are feeling mm-hmm. very, very frustrated. You know, you yeah. might your blood pressure might go up. You might raise your voice. Yeah. There might be a whole bunch of things being said that you're later going to regret. But yeah. then comes that point yeah. where you get that little circuit breaker, so to speak, where there's a there's a lull that gives you an opportunity yep. to think about that rationally, What, where yeah. do you then go with your mind to bring uh, yeah. back your lower powers, your passions, in control yep. of your well, higher again. powers? Yeah. One is being that self-awareness, and we can only do that in the present. And that's where I often find listening to the body. I can feel my adrenaline kicking in. I can feel that rise that is driving that passion or that anger or that pain. Um I mean, it's all right to be angry, but it's not all right to action the anger where we're going to punish or hurt other people. And we've all done that. I don't know anyone who hasn't. And then we regret it. So in the heat of that moment, how can you step back? And one way is being aware of the body. And I find that now I can feel that surge kicking in when I'm talking to someone and I'm not happy with what they're saying. And I find doing a few deep breaths um, and just calming it down. And we talked about the breathing, the heart-focused breathing to get the brain back online. But I, there's that old thing, I don't know if you were brought up with it, but uh, we were told if you're angry, t- stop and take 10 deep breaths and it'll go. And that was because it would calm the heart and get the brain back online. So simple things like that, but we have to be aware that I'm getting out of control and not blame the other person if it's an interaction. Um, so that's where we have that self-awareness and, like I said, it can only be in the present because often when we're angry, we're angry with what they're saying, but what they did and how it was, it can go way back. And so we're not focusing in the present anymore. So what about other know. kinds of what about other kinds of passion? So we think okay. about anger, and that's a I think a fairly obvious one for all of us because of all, we all we all go there at times. Um, yep. But what yep. about say something like infatuation, where you're having very very you know, because when you're angry, you're having lots and lots of negative feelings. But when you when you're infatuated with a person, another person, or even a thing, but let's let's talk about a person, you're having seemingly lots of really positive thoughts is like the most positive thing in the world. How do you then uh, separate the passion from the rational approach and, and, and bring it under control of the rational mind? It's a bit like that. They call that falling in love, the honeymoon phase, and it's very chemically driven. And the only way you can is recognize that it's too intense. And that's hard because when you have those feelings, you enjoy them and you want to keep them going. Um, but being more the observer, you know, I find observing the person that you have this infatuation with, and are they what you uh, are feeling, you know, because our feelings, as I said, are fickle. And, and then we ignore the signs, so it's being realistic. And that means, again, you've got to step back, take a few deep breaths, or, or when you move away from that person, do a bit of a stop take. Now, I'm feeling so intense about that person. Is that good or not good? Um, and I think past history, as you get older, you remember, oh, I was like that before and look what happened, it was terrible and I didn't see this. So we learn from the past, but we also have that thing of stepping back. Um, and there's good examples of where passion goes wrong. You know, I think of artists and 
even historically Van Gogh, his passion, he cut his ears off, he did all sorts of things. Mm. You know, and you go, wow, talk about, he, he was an incredible artist, but it was, uh, he also had lots of passion problems and they just consume themselves with that passion. So then, um, so then what happens is if, if, if the higher power loses control and the passion takes over, what, yep. what where is, where is the result of that then is a mental illness because, I mean, Van Gogh was obviously a, a very ill person. Absolutely, because that's that passion over reason. Once you go into that where your passion rules, your emotions rule, will justify anything. Will And this is where once you're on that roller coaster, you'll be on the high. It's a bit like the bipolar effect, and then you're going to crash and burn. And that's when people go into massive depression, um, or you might be driven by anxiety and fear, not realize it, and then you do a you plummet. Um, so that means you're back on that roller coaster of emotional highs and lows, mm-hmm. um, and it's not necessarily the physiological bipolar that people get diagnosed with. It can be because of the way you're functioning emotionally. You know, and I meet people who are just too passionate, and you know they're going to crash and burn yeah. at some point. So the modern the modern mantra that you know if it feels good then do it it can't be morally wrong if it feels good uh, you know love is love and and these kinds of issues is actually a a prime example of the lower powers being in control of the higher powers absolutely uh, reason being in being controlled by passion absolutely that doesn't doesn't bring healthy outcomes. No, it doesn't. See, this is where, as a Christian, the power of prayer, going and praying and asking, um, you know, for guidance, asking the Spirit to lead you and guide you and going to study the Word. What does it say about the, those sorts of feelings? Because I find the Bible is actually quite a good book of psychology when you look at the, um, the process of it and the examples, and uh, it, it does tell us that truth that we mustn't let our emotions take over and it gives ways of doing it. But I think the power of prayer is underestimated. Mm. Even when you're in that interaction where you're passionate or you're um, reacting to someone, to just stop them while they're talking, just ask the Lord to help, you know, seek that, that intervention. And it's very powerful and you'll find yourself calming down. So there's a number of things you can do that will help, physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually. Yeah, I can imagine it would be it would be very challenging to continue a you know a ding dong argument with somebody where you're going hammer and tongs and to stop and pray and then to be straight back into it again. I, I think that I think the prayer would really act as a circuit breaker to bring an end to that. Because you're doing it quietly in your, your own mind and heart when you're talking to God, and and it's like help. You know, I'm getting out of control here. Help me. Yeah, you know, and we'll get help. We promise that. So. Um, that is that is probably one of the most, you know, you talk about the higher and the lower, that's one of the most powerful higher things we can do, the higher power, which is God. Mm. So, um, mm. And that you can get your balance back again. But we are, we switch, and, and we've learned, as you said, like we've learned, if it feels good, do it, it's okay. And particularly if we've had models, like if you've grown up with parents who are yelling at each other all the time or it's okay to pay out on people and, then you're learning to be on that roller coaster. Um, interestingly, I'll get a family that's grown up and one, maybe one of the children will go, we know this is wrong and I don't want to be like that. And they don't. They learn not to do that, whereas others will follow that. So it is individual and it's free will, personal choice, how we do it. 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's a a, a great example there of free will and mm. how it works because so often we're like, well, you know, they grew up in that kind of home, so that's what's been modelled to them, so that's how they will live their lives, and we see, you know, there's some Not fantastic true. examples of of kids who've who've grown up and like, I'm going to do the exact opposite of what my parents did because that was awful. I've met many of them and they've had a really good life. They've had good families, healthy people. It doesn't mean they don't have their moments or they're not learning, but mm. they made a conscious choice. So if you so we're not, have we're not, we're not condemned or held captive by uh, the no. environment with which we grew up in. Absolutely not. And uh, that's what I help people do is help to be free of that past. And we've talked about that in the you know, past, present and future model because trauma is living the past in the present and we don't want to keep doing that. And trauma is very emotionally focused. It's uh, the roller coaster. Mm. So um, doing everything we can in the present, and that means we've got to be self-aware and self-critical. You know, we have to go, hang on, I don't like the way I do that. I don't like the way I just treated that person. And it could be the shop assistant you were frustrated with, the driver going down the road you yelled at. See, it's like... Practice it in little ways because then you'll um, find you won't do it in the bigger ways either. Yeah. It's like start, start with something you know you want to have emotional control over and start to put in some of these principles. Jennifer, um, thank you so yeah. much for joining us once again. Uh, really fantastic information. And I like how you finished off there with, you know, start with something that is easy and small and achievable, learn yes. the skills and build up from there. Sounds sounds fantastic. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. We'll see you on next week. <laughs> All right. Look forward to it. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.